0: Yeah. All right. Real Man Wood Sports. And for those watching on the video platform. No, it's just Real Man Sports, Alan. Oh, it's right. No Real Man Wood. I keep screwing up the intro. So realmansports.com. That's where we land. But,
1: but they're not going to confuse it. Like, don't worry about it. Because it's just, that's the only thing on the site right now. only thing on the caption right now.
0: All right. Well, Real Man Sports, the post-christless Be Chris list to draft board review. That's what we're doing here today. We're going to see, you know, we're going to look at Chris's draft. We're going to look at how some of the uh, the high rollers, the experts, high stakes players drafted. And of course, I'm going to try to poke holes in your draft. And actually, though, I did see the draft. You did
1: a pretty nice job, I have to say. Yeah, you can try. You won't succeed, but (laughs) you can try for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, Did you do any different preparation for this draft than you had done for other drafts? I mean, is at this point, is it just ADP or looking at a few guys you like? ADP.
1: You know, I, I, I laid it out in a post on realmansports.com. I just was like, you want to win your league? Here's how you win your league. I'm not going to tell you who to draft. Like, you got to figure that out for yourself. But you just print out the ADP from the last, you know, in July, probably like week. In August, you could probably do three days. There's enough of a sample to kind of get what the real ADP is. Sort by position and just take... Uh, the guy that you want that is reasonably ADP appropriate now that you get in a little trouble and we'll get later in the draft what happened to me doing that um, because sometimes it doesn't go that way. But um, it's just sort of a check against it's not it's not that the ADP is right. It's that the ADP tells you who you should take now and who you can wait on later usually. And that's that's the most important thing about ADP. Right. Well, you, you when you say this, it's like if you in our in our Vegas draft for wire. you weren't
0: there this year. Disappointing. But we had someone take Rashad White in round three. Now, you could love Rashad White and still push him up to round five and get him. I mean, that's where ADP actually matters, right? You don't want to take someone three, four rounds above their ADP. I mean, that's an extreme example, but it did happen in a draft with people that know what they're doing.
1: Yeah. You're just paying more for something that you like, right? Like you love this house. You want to buy a house. I'm um, in a certain neighborhood, and the average house price in that neighborhood is two million and you're like, all right i'm gonna bid you could bid two point two, you know they're asking two, and just you know the you know you'll probably get it. don't bid five you know it's just like there's no reason to do that um and and that's what it's really doing, and the a d p is is basically like looking at the comps in the neighborhood and saying, what is you know what are people other people gonna be bidding on this house within a range, and I can go a little above that range to get it um or I can Try to get a, a bargain on it, you know, and go a little below that range um, if I want, but it just tells you what the range is, and um, if you, it, I, I think you kind of need to know that, even though if you just did your own rankings without looking at it, um, you, your rankings might not diverge that much from ADP. You might just be able to do that, but um, I, I think it's just it's just a and it's a great cross off list too because you know when you when you have these like stat projections as your cross off list and you have a guy. Uh, I'll, I'll give an example. Who's a guy, Alan, who's like slated for – oh, Trey Lance. Here's a good one, right? I drafted Trey Lance. Like the projections are going to have him as like the 38th quarterback or something like that or 35th quarterback. Uh, but in a one QB league with 12 teams where, you know, quarterbacks are on the waiver wire, Matthew Stafford, I don't know if he even got drafted, um, you know, you're going to want to take Trey Lance just in case he wins the job and has tons of upside as a running quarterback in that offense. And so projections, you, you need to have sleepers. You need to have guys like that. And the ADP has the sleepers in there. So you're not going to forget there's a guy 20 names down that you miss. Like, those sleepers are priced in. So um, hold on. Let me just take this real quick.
0: Yeah, it's similar uh, to also – I'm just going to talk through it a little bit. It's similar to yeah. an auction uh, yeah, for in a podcast. salary cap draft that when – if you know Nick Chubb, for example, is going to, the top running backs might go for 50 or for 42 if they're cheap. You're not going to come out with your first bid and bid 60 whatever. You know, you're going to, you can get there. So it's the same thing. Um, I was just talking about like in an auction, it's the same thing. If you know Nick Chubb is like a 42 to $55 player, you're not going to put $70 down for your first opening bid. It's the same concept there where you don't want to overpay. And knowing the ADP, knowing the auction ranges does make sense.
1: Yeah, it's funny. We used to do box, you know, baseball and football all the time. And I like to jump in. And so if if there's like a $25 player and people are like, one, two, three, I'll be like, 19, you know, even though I want the guy. uh, It's just, I want to be like, let's move this along. (laughs) Just keep throwing it out there. And there's a time, I've, at times, like the guy's like a $22 player and I'll be like, 22, you know, thinking I'm just going to jump it up. And I'm like, uh oh. (laughs) I just jumped it up so that I might get him. And then like nobody says anything. And you're like, I didn't want this guy. It's not like a horrible price, right. but it's like... De- Debo careful. Samuel
0: for 22 when yeah, he could have... Like,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: I didn't want that guy. So how about in the just like in the first round of drafts before we take a look at your board in a moment? And by the way, anyone uh, that's following along or listening to the podcast, Chris is going to put the link for the draft board in in the audio podcast as well. This way you can click on the board and follow along or you can follow along at Real Man Sports. What what about like, for example, say I want Bijan Robinson? We've talked about him a lot and and I and I have pick two and his ADP is pick seven. There's zero chance he's coming back to me. Is that considered overpaying? Because I've had some people uh, in like, you know, the comments of social media say, why the hell are you going to take Bijan at two when he's ADP seven? I, well, I know in my mind intuitively why well. I'm doing it, but how would you explain it?
1: Well, there's two separate issues, right? Like the KDS uh, that the NFSC has where you can choose your preference of where to pick. You, if you want Bijan, it's a, it's a delicate balance, right? Like you want to definitely get him. I would make five or six. Well, that's what first I'm doing. choice, right? right? That's what um, I, do. I wouldn't do eight where he goes or whatever because you could easily get staked, But five or six. But let's say I end up with two. Okay. Well, let's say you just get your last choice and it's two uh, or you're in a league where you don't get to set your choice. Um, Of course you take him if that's the best. There's no argument. There is no argument. Well, I'll give the argument, but there's no good argument that says take a player you think is worse uh, because his ADP is higher. Like like, as long as the ADP is going to tell you, is he going to be back? Right. Could he be back? Is there even a chance he'll be back? If the answer was zero, which is the case with Robinson there, um, and he's by far the guy that you like best. Of course you take them there's no I don't see a good art the only argument uh, against that is ADP knows better than you the market is smarter than you and then why not just why have a pick at all why not just do it just outsource the, your whole draft to ADP whoever's the highest available player according to ADP mixed with need team need um, just take that guy then and that's okay people do that I don't think it's a you know a way to win um, high stakes leagues but you know you'll, you'll certainly be above average if you do that I think um so you can yeah, do
0: there's that. this is the case, by the way, for early best ball. I know that you're in baseball mode when best ball kicks off. When uh, when I was doing my I look back my first couple best balls, which were like the week or two after the Super Bowl. I was getting B. Robinson in the middle of round three and I got him in three drafts in a row. I mean, it just you know, that's what happens. And then there'll be other situations where I took Ken Walker and <laughs> pick 12. And now he's around six. Right. pick. So yeah. it does happen the other way as well. Let's take a look at the draft board for those watching on the video right now. Uh, Liz,
1: you had pick 10. In this one,
0: right? No, you had pick, pick, 11. pick eleven.
1: Pick eleven. I went what? twelve. Eleven is my first two choices. Okay, so paying.
0: because some people probably don't even set their KDS, you put them up near the top, and <laughs> you ended up getting. Well, I, I had you... the
1: second to last choice of choices, so oh. I just I got lucky that I got eleven because I you know I was happy, but it looked it turned out that it just fell to me.
0: Right, but that's my point: is that seven people in most leagues or five people in mo- in in some leagues don't even set KDS, so they're getting one, two, three, four, five, or right. you know somewhere near the top. And the fact that no one's picking eleven as their top choice in in some leagues. I mean, now if you talk about you know people that maybe have a lot of experience, they're definitely going to set their KDS. But I notice in like in the leagues where I'm running the Rotowire Online Championship, the same thing: like there'll be people that don't even set their KDS.
1: Yeah, I, I've forgotten many times myself. Exactly. So, yeah. all
0: right. So, pick eleven. Do you think it is better right now? You've talked about is Justin Jefferson. He's not. It's not that he's not worth the first round, the first overall pick. Is he worth the uh, third round reversal? Have you come, if uh, you kind of polished that theory of where is the better place to pick in the draft right now? Uh,
1: you know, there there is a player I'm starting to like a lot, which is Ridley, who you could get at the uh, end of the third, now early four. And so that makes the Jefferson pick a little more attractive to me because I feel like Ridley could be an early third, actually. And so that kind of, you know, if he's there in your league, and I think it's going to change, I think he's going to start moving up.
0: um, I heard you you say that on on the uh, Jeff Erickson and Nick Whalen show about uh, Ridley moving up. I'm curious because the last time we saw Calvin Ridley, it, it like when we saw him play, he wasn't playing well. He only had that one season where it was a complete volume play in a Matt Ryan like MVP or so. This you liking him makes me interested in him a little bit more. What is it about Ridley? Uh, hasn't played in two years. Last time we saw him play, not great. That makes you think that he is worth that pick.
1: Well, I mean, you know, he was a first round pick came out and was it as advertised? He was a, you know, he was going the second round two years ago when we were looking at him before he got like his mental, he had like some depression or something. I don't know what was wrong with him. And then he started gambling, got suspended. But, but that season where he was like sitting out uh, for depression, which might've been the gambling thing that they had found. I don't know, like exactly what was what, but. You know, the, the couple years prior, like he was a stud and he was a second round pick that year. I mean, the guys going the second round were like Metcalf, A.J. Brown, um, Hopkins and Ridley. That was like those second round receivers. Jefferson, I think maybe it's rookie year or second year. I don't know. I don't remember. Maybe I'm getting a little confused. But point is that um, they were all kind of going together and then Ridley had, you know, something go wrong. And then the reports on you know the reports on him in camp, but he says I feel better than I've ever felt. You know I definitely want to be remembered as you know I want this to be more of a footnote, like this stuff that happened. I'll be, you know, I don't want that to be how I'm remembered. And everyone in Jacksonville, I know it's a little bit of that like training camp hype stuff, but, but it's better to hear that than to not to, than to hear nothing. And they're like you know this is by far the best player in camp. You know this is this guy is and he he was good. I mean he was a first round pick who was a pro. You know who's like a. Pro Bowl level guy like out of the gate with a declining Matt Ryan. And now he's got one of the best young quarterbacks in football. And I just I just think he's he's you know, I, I could see him going where, um, you know, ahead of Olave, ahead of Devonta oh Smith, God. ahead of Waddle. You know, I I just think like he's he's the number one receiver, uh, you know, for an elite quarterback who could throw 35, 40 touchdowns this year.
0: Yeah, so in your draft in the Beat Chrysalis Rotowire Online Championship, he went at four point five. You think that he has a chance to his ADP to rise, all the way into the second round? We're no, no. I don't,
1: I don't. I don't think he'll he'll get to the second round. I'm saying I could see taking him. I could see him being worth that. Right. What, what, what I'm saying is, I think he's going to go. You know, late thirdish is, is where he's going to go into. Um, but for now, you can get him mid fourth, right? Like Amari
0: Cooper. I, Amari Cooper right now is the guy that goes at the end of the third round. Drake London. You could see him getting
1: in that zone. I'd way rather have Ridley than those guys. Um, uh, Cooper, I actually I'd like to, but um, but but you look, So I took Metcalf in round three, and I almost took Ridley, but I was like, there is a chance Ridley makes it back to round four. I got him in round four in my my first Chris list, so I was like, just that like 15 percent chance. I was like, that's worth it to you know because it's it's worth something right that chance that he makes it back and I wasn't surprised he went you know 6 picks ahead of me. All right so let's take a look at your draft right now for those listening on the audio
0: podcast Chris Liss picked at uh pick 11 and then remember he he gets the two quick picks he gets pick uh 11 and 14 and then he's and then he picks at the top again of the third round for the third round reversal and then it snakes normally. So he went three receivers AJ Brown, Garrett Wilson, DK Metcalf He gets uh, Ken Walker, needed a running back there. I still think that Ken Walker is the greatest pick in the fourth round, not named Lamar Jackson. And then, well, I guess in your draft, Lamar went in round three, so he's moving up. I just wanted to uh, read down the picks for people listening so they can get an idea of your team. You come back with Christian Watson in the fifth round. Darren Waller, who is is that guy right now. Darren Waller. Yeah. Oh, I like that. And we could talk about the giant signing of more slot receivers in a moment. Yeah. You get Miles Sanders. Uh, I, I appreciated that I influenced that pick, but where you got him is even better than where I've been getting him. I was getting him in round five or six. You're getting him in round seven. That's a no-brainer. Uh, A.J. Dillon, uh, Jamison Williams is a, is a wait for second half of the season. And then we get into some of the rookie stuff with Devon A. Chains, A. Flowers, and then your back-to-back quarterback play. This with Anthony Richardson, Kirk Cousins. I mean, that's the yin and yang play right there with the upside floor. So take us through if you're picking at the end here, is the strategy, the three receivers, set him and forget him. I mean, that's, you know, one-on-one fantasy football
1: right now in the NFFC. That's uh, Peter Shanky likes doing that. Uh, I uh, I like it. I thought about Ramondre uh, in round three. Uh, I I got a little soured on him because they said he was tired uh, in the second half last year, but I don't know. That's, that's The more I thought about that, that's just a straight comment. I'm not going to change my ranking of him that much. But anyway, yeah, I ended up with three receivers. I could have taken Devonta Smith.
0: That's I want to ask you about that, because right. why not? The, I know he, I heard you say on the radio, look at DK Metcalf and look at Devonta Smith. Right. One of these things is not like the other. But Devonta Smith might actually be an outlier given, you know, he was. Did he win the Heisman Trophy? Isn't it hard for a receiver to actually win the Heisman? He did it. You know, I mean, he, he actually was the best college p- football player and he's proven it twice in the NFL already.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's good. And, you know, in a way it maybe was the better pick because Metcalf is a ridiculous athlete and an average, maybe slightly above average football player where Smith is a good athlete, but he's a very good football player. Mm, And I think like the latter is more valuable than the former. Like I think foot I used to just, you know, give me the fastest, biggest guy and, you know, he's going to develop. But I actually think now, you know, you can't coach size, strength, speed, but um, but I think also like that football skill, route running, a feel, the sense of you know being a football player is more important maybe than being an athlete. Now there's a certain floor of athleticism you have to have, but um, but but once you're above that floor, uh, then it's really about skill. And Smith is barely at the floor in terms of weight. I mean, you can't be six feet one seventy in the NFL, but um, but the skill is really high. So. I that could have been a mistake. I just, you know, Metcalf to me is just such a beast and he's still just like 25, 26. He's not old. And oh, no, no, he's in the and, peak of his powers. And, and, and he would have
0: gone where Smith went. Had you not, had you taken Smith? So it's not, right. like... yeah, it's
1: like a two picks difference. But, and, and then the other thing is like Geno Smith last year, you know, I was taking Metcalf in the fourth and we didn't know if Geno Smith, they, if they had a quarterback basically. And now we know they have a quarterback, like a good enough quarterback to support good receivers. And so, um, You know, I don't know. It's a little bit splitting hairs. I wouldn't, you know, if I'd taken Smith, that's fine. I'm happy with Metcalf, but I can see the argument both ways. Well, the fact that you had A.J. Brown, is that, did
0: that drive the decision at all? Or do you like having two receivers? This is like the Larry Fitzgerald-Aquan Bolden problem from a decade ago.
1: Well, I mean, if I had taken Jalen Hurts instead of uh, Garrett Wilson, then I could have, but I didn't know that Smith would be there. Usually he's not there early third. He usually goes late second. So, if I had a known that I could have just stacked Eagles and that would be a pretty formidable stack, you know, and mm. you get, and then I could have got swift or whatever later just for the running back pass catching or, or Goddard. Um, but, and, and I, one of the teams did it and he did a really good job of it. He got it with value team five. We talk talked about his draft, but, um, but I don't really know. I, without the quarterback, there's no, there's no reason to get at, this, at the other receiver.
0: Right. You're, you're referring to team five who did get Trevor Lawrence in round six and then has Ridley and Kirk back to back. I guess in these type of contests where there's an overall component to it, it does make some sense, the stacking. But, you know, I, I tend to think that forcing a stack sometimes is a little overrated. It's If the stack comes to you... Right. That that's nice. Like if you can get the the only stacks that I would consider forcing would be if you could somehow get the Mahomes Kelsey stack, almost impossible this year. And then if you're on the one two turn, if you really want to force the uh Stefan Diggs uh Josh Allen stack, you're taking, you know, Josh Allen ahead of his ADP, that's another place where you could try to do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is true, like in the NFL FC, the playoffs are three-week cumulative, right? And so, like, the Jaguars just go bananas for three weeks and score, like, 35, 38, 42, and it's, you know, Trevor Lawrence driven. I mean, that dude's going to maybe win the whole thing if he makes the playoffs. But, um, it, you know, and it's easier to get that than for me to have, you know, Garrett Wilson happens to have a big week, and so does A.J. Brown, and so does D.K. Metcalf. You know, it's it's just more separate things have to click. But I agree, you don't you don't force it, you take it if it falls. I think what he did, Team 5 did a good job, um, is that he didn't force it. Those those guys were at the proper ADP, and he just got very lucky that Lawrence fell to the sixth round, which he doesn't usually, and he was able to put it together. The
0: more I look at this draft board, and I've looked at some other NFFC draft boards, as much as I do want to take B. John Robinson, no matter where I land when I have my draft in a week or so, is that it's just so obvious that... Two of the first three picks should be receivers because look at these running backs that you can get in round three to six. I mean, even four to six, you got Ken Walker, who could end up being the workhorse on a run first team in round. Was it round four? At the end of round four, yeah. Is that I mean, as as chalk and as boring as it sounds, is that really the answer this year?
1: I mean, I don't know what's the answer. And I took Bijan and Barkley with my first two picks, and the other one, I still got Ridley. I still got Metcalf, Ridley, and Watson as my three receivers. So that was okay. But it was it was, you know, it was dicey. But this was dicey too. I mean, if Walker got taken and he easily could have instead of Hopkins or Hawkinson, you know, who do I take there? Right? Because um, I might take Christian Watson there. Joe Mixon would have been available to you. I could have taken Mixon. Uh I could have had Walker and Mixon at four or five. I, you know, Mixon, the value's fine in the early five. I mean, there's I'm not gonna knock it, the pick. It's just those 2017 running backs, I feel like this is kind of when it's a year too late. You know, this is when they go down. And Mixon, to me, you never know, right? I, I mean, I don't want to make a rule. I'll never take a guy who's that age, but he's exactly the kind of guy I get to see just dropping off a cliff. Like he was, he was good, not great. Um, he was. Uh, he's just sort of a volume guy. He never really became the great pass catcher. People thought he was going to be a, a, a better pass catcher. Just, I'm a little out on him. I, I, you know, if I'm not taking him when when I needed a running back in that fifth round, I'm pro- I guess you could say I'm out on him. Yeah, no, Mixon in the, I mean, he was going pick
0: ten last year, and or pick all the way through pick sixteen. Some people were pushing him up. I mean, now, I guess the case for is that the Bengals, even though they cut his salary down, they he's the only guy there. I mean, they have right. nobody behind him. The only threat behind him last year, Samajay Piran, is gone. They have a fifth-round rookie and a couple of late-round picks that have been there for, like, three, four years. So I have drafted zero mix-in, but I think it's also because I'm an early running back drafter. I'm trying to do the opposite. I'm trying to get Barkley Taylor as my start or Bijan and, you know— and and Barkley or who, yeah. however that falls. And then I'm in wide receiver territory by the time Mixon's available to me.
1: Right. And, and that, you know, and that's why this seems so easy. Like look at the Mixon's there guys, people like, and Mixon's on a good team, right? So he doesn't have to be that good. He just has to not fall off a cliff. Let's see. Average is four yards a carry 4.1. He could still get 15 touchdowns, right? I mean, he could still be um, a goal. on. He could lead the league in touchdowns, right? Cause of the team he's on. And, but when we say lack of competition, it's lack of established competition, right? Because nobody thought much of P. Ryan before last year anyway. And th- there are guys that emerge and you're like, oh, this rookie looks a lot more spry than Mixon. You know, we'll, we'll, you'll know, watch a game and the backup will come in because somebody's going to come and he's not going to get all the snaps. And you might be like, wow, this guy actually looks pretty good. That happens all the time. And it's not a guy you know who he is even. And so just because we don't know that name on the depth chart doesn't mean that there's any less competition this year than last year.
0: Yeah, I mean, at one point, you remember Arian Foster was like an undrafted free agent that was RB3 on his own team and then ended up being the number one overall pick the following year, David Johnson. I mean, you can go yeah, on and on. Jamal about
1: Charles, these- all these guys, you know, they emerged at some point, you know, and Jamal Charles, it's like Devin and It's like, is he Jamal? Maybe he's Jamal Charles, you know? Right. <laughs> Maybe that's who he is. Probably not. But um, you just don't really um, – you don't really know. Uh, and, and I mean, there's the, the agnostic case for Mixon is like, well, look, we don't know. You're saying he's old. He's going to be bad. But that's just, that's just an assumption, right? Like if he's fine, uh, you know, a lot of the the um, OG like top guys in the NFFC, they just, they're just like straight by the book projections like some of them. They're just like, you know, Mixon, he's going to get 250 carries. He's going to get 40 catches. He's going to get double-digit touchdowns. Fifth round, you just pencil. It's not even a thought. It's not even a second thought. It's like, why would you take a guy – slated for maybe volume who's never done it um like kenneth walker over Mixon, they would think a lot of people think that well the reason
0: you know yes the og guys from a decade or so ago yes but there's more and more mike davises that pop up guys that are slated for volume and then just completely fail but i guess mixon has a little bit more of a resume than someone like those type of guys
1: yeah, I mean, but he could turn into Mike Davis easily, right? I mean, he could just be like he's twenty eight or twenty seven. He's you know been around. He's he's got more than a thousand career carries, and he's just not good. And some rookie with a little you know uh, a little more juice comes in and, and looks better. Uh, the reason I like Walker, by the way, and you know they drafted Zach uh, Charbonnet, Charbonnet. Charbonnet.
0: Yeah. Um, Charbonnet would have been much cooler than you drinking your Milo during your. Uh... Your, I heard that. Drink. I
1: heard that joke, uh, yeah. Alan. Uh, yes, I was drinking uh, Italian wine. Uh, Heather didn't know what grape it was. I said, "What's?" I, I texted her. I said, "What's the grape?" Because I don't want to. am not drinking Merlot, but actually, Merlot isn't. You know that movie Sideways kind of right, sh- right. shit on Merlot, but Merlot is not like bullshit wine. Heather's like she didn't. So I love Sideways, one of my favorite movies. But for Heather, it was like watching one of those football movies. Like, remember that uh, movie Silver Linings Playbook with Robert De yes. Niro and yes, and Bradley uh, Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Um, and what's her name? Um, and like they're, they have like some gambling scenes, like Robert De Niro's a bookie and they were just so bad. Like the language was so full. It was so wrong. I couldn't enjoy it. I was like, this is bullshit. Like they should have paid me and I'm not even like, you know, Mr. Vegas, but I've done enough gambling. This just paid me or anybody in our industry basically sold just, yeah, just give me 10 grand and I will happily just rewrite that dialogue so that it sounds realistic. And so it really put me off on that movie and Heather the same thing with sideways. Like she's like mm. this wine stuff is total bullshit. And so the Merlot is apparently it's you know there's good and bad. It's not like some fake. See, she's too wine.
0: she's too in the trenches. So she knows that Merlot is good. But at the time that movie and maybe even now, the perception is that Merlot is a
1: crap. Is like you know. Well, it sounds what Bridget, like you know it's sounds what bridge and oh, tunnel I,
0: people do. You know, yeah, that's, like
1: oh, could I have a Merlot? You know, it's like it sounds like you're saying something. You know, but but I don't think I don't think it's good or not. Good. It's just not the way they. Uh, made it out to be in that movie.
0: Yeah, so we we devolved a little bit. You were about to tell me about uh, Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet, and that's how we got into the wine. Series. So right. why, uh, mean, I mean, I agree with you here that Ken Walker is a steal at this ADP, um, but you were going to talk about why you think that he's set up for a good season, even though he's being drafted, like there's some question marks.
1: Yeah, I mean, they took a rookie, but big deal, right? I, I rookies to me, like rookie running backs, even if there's a guy ahead of them, like those guys just wait. It happens all the time. Like to, to just expect the rookie to take his job is is far-fetched unless he gets hurt. And, you know, durability was a little bit of an issue last year. I'm a little concerned about that. But um, when I watched the guy play, he was just like one of the quickest running backs I've ever seen. I, I, the guy just seemed to just explode. And I was just, he passed the eye test so thoroughly for me I was like, this guy's just really good, and um, I don't know if they'll let him, you know, play on third downs and catch passes. And maybe he will in year two, but um, he's just he's just really good, and yeah, he's on a he team that's gonna, you know, I think he'll get 240 carries, and I think he'll. I don't. The catches are kind of a question mark, but um, good players stay on the field. Yeah, and he
0: was the the best running back in college football, just as far as running when he was at Michigan State and that translated onto the NFL field and you'd say the lack of pass catching um you know a couple of the guys over at Rotowire said it in co- that watch more college than I do said the reason he didn't catch a lot of passes is cuz he didn't need to they would just hand it to him and he can get 6 yards why right do a little dump-off past to him. It wasn't that he couldn't catch, it's that it, it wasn't the need to do it. He had a 10-target game, I believe, um, or like an 8-catch game last year, if I look back at the game log. So it's not like he can't do it. Uh, but, yeah, it's if, uh, and also if Zach Charbonnet was drafted where Devin, Devon A. Chain was drafted in the third round, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. right? It's the fact that he was drafted in the second round that makes it a little scary because that's real NFL draft capital.
1: Yeah, but I mean, when you have a guy, I mean, Pete Carroll, the Seahawks, they're just one of those organizations that'll draft five running. I mean, they they don't they they spent a first round on Rashad Penny a few years ago. Like they will pay up to draft running backs, and you can laugh at that, uh, although it's a successful franchise. But um, to me, that does it's not like um, <clears throat> some analytics guy went up and drafted a running back in the early second round. And you're like, uh oh, they got to use them. They got to get their money's worth now. The rookie contracts tick. You know, I don't think they really think like that over there. They're just like, he's a good player. We want him. We use this pick on him. A lot of the teams, I think they, it it almost seems like they keep it simple. Like if they think a player is a good football player, they'll take him and they're not so, um, they don't seem to be so, well, this position's worth this and that position's worth that. You can't do, you know, it seems like they're, you could say they're simple minded, but uh, whatever it is, I just don't think that them using that draft capital is. Uh, means that it's a 50-50 timeshare or anything like that.
0: And you have to remember, when the games got really important near the end of the season, they lost Ken Walker, they lost their backup running back, they lost you know, they, Rashad Penny, they lost like Homer, DJ Dow- like they all went out for the count. They Pete Carroll had said in a couple of interviews, I'm never going to be in that position again. I'm going to backload this position. So I have guys when I need them in December. And if someone can't do it, Hey, I got another one there. It's the same. So it's, it, like you just said, it doesn't scare me that he took him, uh, Zach Charbonnet in the second round because they just needed depth. Rashad Petty's gone. They needed to backfill that backup running back spot.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting also like, you know, running back is the most fragile position or at least one of them. And, um, and the idea that oh, don't draft a running back because uh, they break down, but it's almost like a backup running back is more important than a backup position that doesn't break down as much in some ways. You know, I, again, I'm not talking about relative value overall, and I can get into a huge argument about things that are hard to quantify and assumptions that are bad assumptions that are being made on the running backs don't matter argument. But um, if a position is fragile, that means the backup is much more likely to have a big role right away. So it, you know, in that sense, it uh, it's not going. It's not that surprising either.
0: I want to talk about quarterback strategy. I've heard you on a bunch of podcasts, on a bunch of radio hits, talking about, hey, what happened last year doesn't mean it's going to happen again this year. You're a little – not surprised, but you're taking advantage of people paying up, not just for the big three. There's a a big eight that people are spending top 55 picks on, and then – even the the traditional weight-on quarterback guys like the Watson, Daniel Jones, Tua, those guys are getting pushed up into the top in the single-digit rounds as well. Was your plan with Anthony Richardson upside, Kirk Cousins' floor, was that the plan the whole time? Were you targeting Richardson?
1: No. Um, if you see the live stream that I did on this draft when Daniel Jones went at pick 10. 10- Seven, I think. Um, I was cursing a lot. Uh, he went,
0: but he went on the other side of the draft. Like you took Jamison Williams,
1: right, in the same round. I didn't even. I didn't even think. Like when I took, I would have still taken Williams because I think he's got like massive second half upside. Um, and I have all this. It's like perfect. He's the perfect guy for my team because I have four receivers in the first five picks. So I'm not thin there. I'm not like you know. I'm not like jonesing to get a receiver in if you know guys stay reasonably healthy. Um, and so like, but. As the season goes on, there's a good chance I lose one of those guys, right? And so um, it's just perfect for me. And I, and I wouldn't want to start him over them anyway, you know, the guys that I drafted. So um, the suspension is not a problem, but um, I would have drafted him anyway. And I have him higher on my uh, snarky 150 than, than Jones, but I definitely wanted Jones. And on the way back, it would have been pick 119. His, his ADP is 132. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take Jones at pick 119. And some guy snipes me at 107. And I was cursing a lot. But the truth is, just like your B. John Robinson pick, if he doesn't take him at 107 or 110, where he's picking one of those two picks, right? Then um he's not getting him, right? Because he's got to get back through me. And he, you know, I don't know if he watches, listens to podcasts, it's a realmansports.com subscriber. I don't know. But it, I mean, it's very reasonable to think if he really likes Daniel Jones that he's not coming back. So that was a fine pick. But it shocked me because it was, it was 25 spots ahead of ADP, and I was cursing a lot because I, I really think Daniel Jones is going to be a monster.
0: Yeah, I, I, in a lot of the dynasty leagues where it's super flex, I traded for Daniel Jones. I gave up Najee Harris in one league. Somebody did it. The, the perception of Daniel Jones is that he's average to not good, that he's, quote, overpaid. But for fantasy football, I mean, it just seems like it's all lining up really well from him. Let, let's talk about that. because By the way, got...
1: Daniel Jones is good in real life. I watched every Giants game. I mean, people don't watch. They're like, oh, he only had 15 touchdowns. He had very few interceptions last year. He was dealing with, like, arguably the worst receiving core in the last five years when everyone got hurt. I mean, he had... Isaiah Hodgkins was by, uh, Hodges, Hodgins, was, Hodgins. by Hodgins was his <laughs> was his best receiver by far. Hodgkins,
0: oh my God. Imagine he's had to go through life with that one. That's a, that's Hodgins. That's, yeah. He, he, he's yeah. on my own team
1: too. But he was by far they, they lost Sterling Shepard. They lost Wandell Robinson. They lost yeah. um I think Slay was in and out. I, I don't know if he, he got hurt too. They, they, were, had Slay, guys yeah. like, they had guys like Richie James playing like big roles on the team. And so uh, the fact that he was that good and he was making key throws and scrambles, he's he's good. Uh, I'm sold on him.
0: All right. So Darren Waller, that's obvious right there. I, I mean, you took him a little ahead of ADP, but um, that's the sweet spot for tight end. If you're not going to go for the, uh, Mark Andrews, uh, Travis Kelsey. I think that this is the next stop where you want to be. Uh, I had, uh, Jared Smola on the RotoWire podcast today. He was talking about George Kittle. He went a little bit before Darren Waller. We were discussing, like we both would rather have Darren Waller over George
1: Kittle. Do you agree there? I took Kittle in my other draft. Uh, I, I think it's close. I think Kittle, I had him. He almost, you know, if I hadn't, if I'd listened to you and, and played Daniel Jones in that playoff, I would have won seven grand. It was because Kittle went crazy in the fantasy playoffs. Um, with, with when Purdy took over, he went crazy, and I think that uh, I, I think Kittle's still probably the better pick. I mean, Waller has more upside because he could catch ninety-five balls. I don't think Kittle can. I think Kittle could do eighty, eighty-five. They just they just spread it around too much. But um, but Kittle is. You know, he and Kelsey were were basically neck and neck a couple of years ago. It was like, who do you take first, Kittle or Kelsey? So I think Kittle's track record is huge, and, and Waller's isn't quite as big.
0: By the way, you're not streaming this live. I was just looking to retweet it. No, you're just no, no. Like, I'm
1: just. I, I maybe I should have, but uh, I'm not.
0: Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. No. We'll, we'll get that all straightened out for you. We want Chris List to stream live to Twitter, to YouTube, and yes, I I am trying to persuade him to go back into the world of Meta. And, and stream on t- on Facebook. Uh, I understand why you wouldn't, but we'll figure out a way because we want to get as many eyeballs and ears on this podcast as possible. Listen,
1: I, I deleted my Facebook account in 2018, <laughs> and that was like one of the like unequivocally greatest things I've done. Uh, I you know I, I didn't know COVID was coming up, but I literally avoided finding out which of my childhood friends would have wanted to put me in a camp. So like, I, I don't know the, the problem with Facebook, not only, you know, is it a total scumbag, steal your data, you know, surveillance state, you know, but whatever. your cell phone does the same thing as my point. It, well, it does. And I turn off every single thing that I can turn off. Right. I actually have a Portuguese phone. That's in Heather's name that literally does not know I exist. And I only leave the house with that. So like, you know, my whereabouts, you know, who knows, maybe they still know, but I, I, push back as much as I practicably can against the, uh, against this sort of like, well, you know, what choice do you have? It's surveillance is part of life. You know, I, I push back as much as I can against that. But the point is that, uh, Facebook, um, it's like all your friends and people you used to know. So it's just so... Yeah, but that's
0: not what I'm talking about. What I, what I want to set up for you or I'm urging you to set up is not a chris yeah, hey... A sport, hey this... Real man sports Facebook. There you go. And a Facebook uh, group, right? Where people can jump in and understand they can give takes and this, that. And it almost becomes like this bigger thing. Like, for example, there's um another fantasy company called the Dynasty Nerds. And it started off as just a like a Facebook group for them. And now it's 20,000 people. No one even knows who the Dynasty Nerds are. And now it's just people arguing about Dynasty in there what I'm saying is I envision this group being people just arguing about sports giving real man take and they think like hey I'm in the real they have no idea it's just bigger than you but it becomes an amazing marketing tool and that's the bargain you make you give up privacy for market for ability to reach people I mean that's you are the product with Facebook it's not the other way around
1: yeah I mean if it's a, a business it's it's better you know personally but I also don't like supporting them in any way and contributing to them and having stuff on their platform but I'm not like you know I'm not that much of a zealot. I did delete PayPal. Um, I, I deleted <laughs> Facebook. You know, I, I just, I feel like the problem with all of these sort of bad actors is that everybody's like, yeah, it's just too inconvenient to say no to these things. And so that like everybody little by little just does things that they don't want to do. And then everybody else has to do it because because they're doing it, right? If everybody left Facebook because of the privacy violations um, and the uh, manipulation and then Facebook would stop, right? Of course they would stop. It, it, well, they or at least they would only be doing it super secretly, but they would ostensibly stop. And if people, um, you know, deleted things that were saying, oh, we're going to, you know, monitor your speech or "or we're going to fight misinformation by, uh, you know, freezing your account or something, um, that would be off, the, off limits for those companies. And so I just think, like, you know, it's, it's a Kantian act only on that maxim you would will to be a universal law. And so if you think everybody should do something, then it's a good reason to do it. Um, And so I'm not perfect. I'd still order from Amazon in in, uh, because, you know, it's so convenient, but like, I don't love Amazon, but the, but point generally is that um, it is a, it is a very complicated question when my personal not using something is going to make no difference. Like, you know, just my business is, is meager to them. But you just don't know the influence you have when they're like, oh, where's his stuff? Oh, it's not on that platform. It's only on these, pl-. you know, it, you never know well, what, you, the, what the so, turning point is for things like that.
0: So here's the, the business model for that. And again, I'm not, the, if anyone listening out there, I'm not giving Chris social media advice to be on Facebook. It's very boomer advice, right? Yeah. It's that be everywhere is my yeah. advice. And then the Joe Rogan um, formula is, okay, now I've built my audience using your stupid platforms. Now I'm going to take it to wherever I want to take it privately, not the other way around. I Go. Joe Rogan was on YouTube, built, and again, he, it's very difficult. There's one Joe Rogan, right? I mean, right. but the, the idea is build this massive audience and then bring them off platform. Use the platforms that are available for mass reach and then bring them with you.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. If, yeah, that can work. I mean, if people uh, are committed enough to your content, they, they could do that. But I, I just think like, um, I feel like with Twitter, like it's very hard to get them off to other places. I agree Twitter.
0: with that. That's why you have to be on YouTube right, and TikTok right, and Facebook. Right. And you know, again, it's not just like hey, throw up uh, a horizontal video that you made on YouTube on TikTok. That doesn't work. Nobody's going to go. It's and again, this is not directed at you specifically, but it's anything. It's being consistent, it's showing up. How did you build your your serious radio audience? You guys were on 5 days a week, 3 hours a day, and then eventually that changed, you know, days a week and right. number of hours, but showing up every day is how you build the audience.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was a mega, and they were probably advertising on other channels and stuff, and, and that was a mega... That was just, you know, it's 2010, so there wasn't so much, you YouTube's know, bigger uh, than them. YouTube's bigger uh, than SiriusXM yeah, yeah. right now. But there was only, you know, six shows on the air. So it was six people on the whole platform, and then they had this big marketing team pushing it yep. to their listeners, and then um and then you didn't have... A lot of fantasy content. You did on Google and, and YouTube. You did a little bit back then. Uh, I remember we were doing this Google Hangouts thing or whatever. Like, we we're trying to, like, Google was trying to get us something going. It was a total. Zero, but um but it was that was just really good. But that's the kind of guy I am. I mean I, I need like someone doing it for me because I'm I'll I'll <laughs> paste it on Twitter. But like the marketing stuff, I, I get it. It's it's important, but it's just not my thing. My thing is is talking about the content, you
0: know. Right. But unfortunately, because like you just have said before that the barrier to entry is so much lower now that Yes, the content is, you know, you're you're a great content creator, but then it's it's the other things which in the past you were able to to show up and flip on the mic because that was your superpower. It's got to figure out now you're an entrepreneur. Anyway, I'm always here to give you a piece of advice. uh,
1: And you know what you're doing. I I think you're doing great with that stuff. And I I feel like. You know, maybe, yeah. And, and YouTube, like, at is, least. What are the trade offs? It's just the trade offs. Yeah, I, I would do YouTube. I mean, YouTube's total scumbag. Like, <laughs> that, that, I mean, that is like one of the worst censorship platforms of all of these. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't you know, last. If, the, the, the Chrysalis
0: uh, podcast wouldn't last too long on YouTube, but I'm, the sports oh, be, stuff's yeah. for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. The sports stuff won't get canceled. It might, though. I'm I'm going to try to go into it more, you know, because, yeah.
0: All right. Back to Chrysalis, Beat Chrysalis 2. draft. Are you going to do a third Beat Chrysalis? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right, you're going to keep it going. Um, the uh, your team when you uh, we were talking. Oh, the quarterbacks. So, is uh, what was the plan at quarterback? I mean, you must you talk about Daniel Jones. Okay, so were you in on the top eight guys like the Justin Fields and higher? The running quarterbacks. Were you at any point? Were you planning on paying up a top five round pick?
1: No. So in the NFFC um you know you get 6 points for passing touchdown i mean i the running quarterbacks is still worth a lot for the rushing yards uh, but the rushing touchdowns aren't special like they are in uh, other leagues but the the problem with the rushing quarterbacks for me is just injury risk you know and i like the josh allens and i like the jalen hurts i don't feel like there is you know big injury risks as much as lamar just seems too slight for the between the tackle stuff that he does he just, to me, I'm like, I'd be terrified to have him. I know there's crazy upside. I know this, you, you sent me that video where they're, did you watch it? What, yeah. Yeah, I did the four so, wides.
0: So yeah, just to explain really quick. Uh, there's a video that's circulating right now on social media where James Jones, the former Packer receiver was talking about how he visited camp and that Lamar is going to go back to Louisville Lamar where they, they run out uh, four wide receivers and they, they spread it out and Lamar only is seeing five men in the box versus nine. So go ahead.
1: Right. Which would help his running also. Yeah. But my, my concern is just like he gets popped and he's not, you know, built like Cam Newton was, or one of these guys, he is Josh Allen. He is a skinny guy. I mean, he's muscular, but he's skinny. And I'd get nervous. And Justin Fields is bigger. Justin Fields it looks more like that, but he runs so physical. He's like Marion, the barbarian, you know, he's just like crashing through people and he takes a lot of huge hits and to me, like you're, you're putting a premium guy, you know, early pick on that when now the, the question is, right? We, we mentioned this like last year, you know, it really did matter, right? Like to, to have one of those guys and not have Aaron Rodgers or Stafford or Russell Wilson who would destroy your team last year. And they got you like nine points um, and those guys are getting 35 and you were really getting killed at the quarterback spot. And that may be to, here to stay. And the market is often right about this. I remember when pitching got pushed up at the NFL. BC originally like you know it used to be you didn't take a pitcher to the sixth round a lot of time you know it was like quarterbacks I just wait on pitching like get the hitting the pitching's random and it's what I did this year I'm in second place in my league by the way close to first uh, but but you never know which year and, and pitching started getting really expensive in the NFBC And I was kind of dubious of that at first. I'm like, really, you know, I'm going to fade that. But then like over time, that just became the thing. It was just, you just pay up for pitching because it's worth it. And then, and you, you know, individually like this year, fade that now and then, but the the consensus, the normal draft had pitchers early and, you know, it was just the conventional wisdom. The obvious thing to do was wait on quarterback. Everybody did it. Then last year, one year, boom, like, Uh oh like if you don't have you know one of these good quarterbacks you're getting crushed now everybody's just like forgetting that like it just overnight it changed and now is it because they're putting the safeties back and quarterbacks can't just get that like 280 and and two in their sleep anymore that the philip rivers level guy the stafford guy from six years ago can't just get 280 and two every game while the better quarterbacks get you know 350 and three but you take your 280 and two and have better running backs
0: yeah, So, but but you have both. I mean, Anthony Richardson, he's a an actual target of mine because for, he's a top five real NFL pick, so he's probably going to play in week one. I mean, there's some talk about that Gardner Minshew might start. I mean, doesn't that remind you a lot of when Deshaun Watson and Tom Savage, it lasted like a quarter,
1: right, before they yeah, put him in there? It's I, barbaric.
0: <laughs> I don't remember the last time
1: I learned I mean, you massage. They didn't massage the rankings enough, the barbarism <laughs> that they showed. Who knew? Too good. Two good joke quarterbacks. It's like Darnold and Zach Wilson, you know. Yeah, yeah. You,
0: you. De- I hope that's in the snarky one hundred and fifty.
1: Oh, you didn't, you didn't see. I have it printed movie? out. It's, it's sitting in my oh, bathroom. It's waiting. waiting. Yeah, no, I oh. can't wait.
0: I, it, I, we, I heard you talking about it again. It's like, oh, I'd write. I, I have to go. Pr- I printed it out. It's sitting right on the top oh, okay, of my toilet. Okay. It is toilet material for me because I want to sit did- there for a while and read it.
1: Yeah, well, so, I, you know, of course, I, uh, Darnold and Zach Wilson don't make the 150, but I had a bonus of them. Damar Hanlon makes an appearance. Oh, so, nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: All right, so Anthony Richardson, do you believe he's going to start week one?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I, I don't have a huge, like, I, you know, I'm not, like, read up on it or anything, but they, they took him with the fourth pick, and, you know, Minshew is not the future, and this is, you know, a team that probably um, needs to develop – Um, Richardson and see what they have on his rookie contract I just I don't think like there's a lot of sense in like delaying it unless um, unless he just proves so not ready um, which is possible you know if he if in camp he just looks lost that that would be a reason to delay it but otherwise I think they're gonna play him as soon as they they can and yeah I mean just you've given his physical skills like that could easily be um, top five quarterback and then Cousins is boring but no, no, um,
0: I I love Cousins this year. That's why it's like if you would have gotten like Derek Carr or Tannehill or someone like that as your – I would be like, oh, man, it's like, you know, I guess that's that's what you do. But you got a player who is, he could lead the league in passing yardage, you know, or it, at least be in the top three or four. I mean, you got Mahomes, you got Josh Allen, but – Uh, Kirk Cousins is going to throw the ball a lot this year. And the six point touchdowns, as you pointed out before, that makes a lot of sense. He, you can't ask for a better number one receiver. And now they have Hawkinson who, as soon as he came there uh, last year, he was, you know, a a top, a top pass catcher for him as well. So Kirk Cousins is like the perfect guy. You could, I mean, And they drafted a
1: receiver in the first round. I don't know if he's going to get in trouble for being a real man and driving Ferrari, (laughs) like 140, but, uh, but that, you know, they have a first round receiver added to the mix. They have and they have Jefferson and they have Hawkinson, um, and KJ so,
0: Osborne is he's not a bad third receiver he's like Tyler Boyd. He's not like a bad you know he could play NFL football.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think it's uh, I think it's you know he's he's solid and um and and that was the idea. But I really wanted Danny Dimes, but you know whatever. What, what one thing I did was when when I missed out on Dimes in, in round nine because that's when I was going to take him. Sorry, round ten. Um, I took two guys. I waited even longer. I played. So I took Devin, Shane and Zay flowers. Like, so I didn't like to say, damn it. I didn't get Jones. I'll take the next quarterback. Now I got lucky because nobody took quarterbacks really in between those two picks, but it was sort of like, everybody's got a quarterback except me. They could double up, but I don't really care that much, which ones of these guys I get and why not get greedy and build, you know, more depth at running back and Zay flowers at receiver um, rather than, Just, you know, once you miss your target, like, don't feel like you have to go and and get the quarterback with the next pick. Yeah, I know people
0: think that defense is like a boring topic to talk about, but you identified something that I've been in my defense leagues, been using the strategy of Washington and the Giants. I saw you got the Giants in this draft mainly because they play Arizona in week two. Um, Why the you also got the Broncos in this one. Do they have a good matchup or you just like the defense?
1: No, they are facing the Raiders at home in Week One. You know, in the altitude, I think that's a good. Yeah, that is a good good matchup, and um, also like their offense was so dysfunctional last year. And I think that like defense and offense are related, right? If the defense is on the field too much, if the offense can't sustain drives, if the offense can't get leads, so the other team has to throw, and and you know the pass rushers pin their ears back. So um, I I think like you know people look at like what what's changed on. On defense, like who do they add? Do they add a you know an edge rusher or something like that? But I look at sometimes, you know, is the offense going to be better when I'm looking at these defenses? If a team like gets credible from being dysfunctional offensively, um, sometimes I'll draft their defense for that reason.
0: Yeah, and in the NFFC and a lot you know a lot of leagues, even non-NFFC, they still play with the kicker in defense. So you know, my next question is about Justin Tucker. This is a a strategy that you brought to the mainstream about half a decade ago, basically reaching up two rounds ahead of ADP, sometimes three or four rounds to get the elite kicker. Not necessarily the Harrison Bucker Chiefs guy, but the all-time guy that you know is almost guaranteed to be a top three kicker. You did it again in round 14 of a 20-round draft with Justin Tucker.
1: I mean, I was surprised he made it back to me. In these leagues, when I'm looking at him, it's always someone snakes. I was very happy to get him. Explain why that this is a, a good strategy. Well, I just think like you know, there's a lot of variance among kickers year to year, and, and they're not reliable. And and you're very—it's a big mistake to say, "Oh, Tucker's off the board." Okay, I'll take whoever the second kicker Evan is. Evan McPherson, right? McPherson, say right. Like, there's no real indication that he's going to be that guy. Now he's on a good team, and um, he could be good, and he has a big leg. But, um, but Tucker, you know, there's just a very good chance that he's going to be, as you said, a top three, top five kicker. And I remember uh, you know, there's been studies saying the kicking kicker scoring in fantasy is totally like uncorrelated year to year. And I used to bet uh, Peter Shanky and Ken Kreitz every year. I'd be like, Okay, I'll bet you the Tucker, you know, I mean obviously he should Steven be Steven Guskowski lit back then, right, was the reliable guy or yeah, Terry. Or, I, mean, I mean, yeah, I mean they were okay, but they, year to year their fantasy uh scoring fluctuated a lot. And I would bet those guys a couple of years, like let's make a bet. Then if you think kicker scoring's scoring, uh, you looked at the study, Studies show, okay. studies show on average, this is the case, right? But they don't show for the greatest of all time. that This is the case. And after a couple of years of them paying me, they didn't want to do that bet anymore. <laughs> They'd be like a top seven kicker. And think about it, top seven means, you know, you're in the top 25% more, you know? So, and if it's just random, that would be a terrible bet for me to take. Right. But they realized that they were making the bad bet. And I, I, I think it's just an edge, and you're. It's nice not to have to, you know, constantly worry about it. And he's buys in week thirteen, and all that's of- the answer right there. Yep. It's
0: not only is Tucker a lock if he stays healthy to be a top five kicker. It's that the buy is late by week thirteen. You know, it's nothing. I mean, in the NFFC, you have ten bench spots, but in a home league where you have five or six bench spots, right. sometimes four. you're going to have to drop your kicker. And if he's had a week four bye, you're still in the mix here, a week six bye, whatever. Now you'll know by week 13 if you're in it or not.
1: Yeah, I mean, in a league with small benches, um, you might get a a situation where you might have to cut Tucker, um, but probably not. not. As you get later in the year, um, you can narrow it down. Right Early in the year, you need those sleepers. You need to make sure that backup running back, that um, that rookie wide receiver, second-year wide receiver, that may get more work. Uh, is on your roster, but as you get later in the year, you kind of know that that guy didn't pan out, and it, you can have a narrow. You know, you kind of shorten the rotation a little bit. Whereas early in the year, it's like I don't want to drop, um, you know, Jeff Wilson right away, or I don't want to drop Zay Flowers if he's not good for two weeks. You know, I, I want to keep him there. But if in Week Ten, Zay Flowers still—that's kind of a bad example actually, because the first-round pick. So, like real-life NFL. A chain so,
0: is a good example, I think.
1: Yeah, A chains a good one, right? You, you you'll get a sense. Probably of how they're using him or, and whether or not um, he's he game day roster.
0: inactive for three of the first five weeks. You know, it's like, right. w- w- what are you even going to bother for? Um, but so, so the plan was uh, round fourteen. all right. I, I was reaching up in rank, round thirteen or twelve. I guess those are eighteen round drafts. But um, you're going to drop most of those guys that you get in round 14 anyway. I mean, look who went after him, right? I mean, you got Curtis Samuels, Zamir White, Kareem Hunt, Cole Komet. T- it's basically uh, dart throws anyway. So you're never going to drop Justin Tucker with a week there, even if he has two six-point weeks. You're-, you're plugging him in there. You know the 14-point weeks are coming.
1: Yeah, I mean, unless, you know, you never know. He's a human. You know, he could uh, have a drug problem or something. But if he's <laughs> himself, um, there's, yeah, of course. All right, the end game. I saw you took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I was glad because
0: in my best ball stuff, he's he's basically been on every one of my teams. I looked at my ownership percentages, and it's a lot of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at the top there. Uh, it, it's basically gone too far that he's available this late. There was news that Isaiah Pacheco uh, was having some health issues, and then you know quickly dismissed that he'll be ready for Week One, but. Former first-round pick, you have Jarek McKinnon there, you have uh, Isaiah Pacheco probably slated to start ahead of him. This is a contract year for CEH. You like him on the back of your roster, I'm assuming, here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's good. I've definitely overdrafted that dude the last few years, and he's he's not that good, and, and the eye test uh, shows nothing. i never seen Edwards-Alaire like, do something where I'm like, oh, that guy's really good. Um, McKinnon looks better than him. McKinnon's like 32 years old, but that's the thing. McKinnon's 32, and Pacheco's just a guy. And so that's it. Right. And so th- there could be uh, an opportunity and he knows the system. He can catch passes. That was what he did in college. So um, if he gets an opportunity uh, and then the teams are starting to bracket Kelsey more and, you know, take away whoever Mahomes likes uh, as a primary receiver, you know, that may be the the way that they pivot. And let's say that happens and they start throwing to him a lot. Um he could be a. He could, actually he should go in like the 11th round, to be honest. I, he's not good to the extent that I can tell. But um, he, I mean, the fact that there's really nothing established in that backfield, you know, I mean, Pacheco, he has a bad game fumbles. I mean, he, he's just a seventh round pick. He, it's not like he has any real established hold. And then McKinnon um, is, is super old. He's been bounced around the league so much. I This is wide open. All right, I'm going to give your
0: team a grade right now. You're going to give your team a grade and then an honest grade and then we're going to do uh, about 6 or 7 minutes of lightning round fantasy questions that apply to people drafting coming up here. Is that is that a fair way to round this out? Sure, let's do it. All right, so I from four, uh, draft structure wise, I'm going to give you an A minus. The three receivers, and then you got all of the running backs that you needed to get. You know, I mean, can't give anyone an A plus, right? I mean, I, I can give you actually. You know, I'm going to give you an A because you did get the tight end that's the PPR guy. You backed them up with a high upside guy with Irv Smith, and then you did the perfect floor and ceiling combination um, for the the quarterbacks. Uh, I told I already dinged you once. I, I think that Devontae Smith is is a uh, significant better pick than DK Metcalf, but you made a good case to why Metcalf uh, it's, it's, it's not going to be that much of a difference, and you already had A.J. Brown. So, Christian Watson guy that I like, I think is ready to break out. Like, why isn't he in the same tier with Olave and Garrett Wilson? Why is he three, four rounds later? Uh, man, it's hard It's hard to critique your draft here. Uh, I want to ding you a little bit for some of the guys, but they're just guys I don't like. Like, a, like an A.J. Dillon doesn't mean that I'm right about them. So,
1: as oh, much AJ as... I needed a think about it. I needed a third running back, right? Because I was thin and I yeah. hadn't used resources. And Aaron Jones is one of those two thousand seventeen class running backs. AJ Dillon can catch well, passes. He's not well, stiff. Gibson, as, as a, he had P Ryan uh, there. Gibson, Gibson had his chance. Uh, I just I don't yeah. think Gibson's a thing. Like I think he had his chance and that window's closed. I think Dylan, um, the whole Packers offense was so bad last year. I I think I don't know. I, I would take Dylan over Gibson. So, I, as much as I wanted to come in there and
0: give you, a, a, you know, a, a bad grade, I think, I think, you, yeah, I think you did really well here. You have a good combination. I'm going to give you an A minus. No, you said A, dude. You said I, A. It, you know what? You have you do have Zay Flowers and Anthony Richardson, two of my favorite rookie uh, uh, upside guys. So I, I'll give you. I'm a tough grader, so I'm going to stick A minus. But you could persuade me that it's an A. I think you did a nice job on this one. Better than your first, and I liked your first draft. But that one I would have given like a B plus.
1: Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, it's not like Kevin the Geek, that guy we we had, and uh, gave me like a C plus. He get, you should Fuck see, I mean, somebody he gave me a C plus. I'll never forget that. <laughs> we are. Well, I I, those... think, I think that team did shit, though. I think he was right, but he was still wrong.
0: He was wrong. He was wrong. But yeah, I'm in a lot of Dynasty leagues. Women in the chat, he shits on everyone's team, yeah. so that's like his thing, you know.
1: Dude, never forgive. Never forgive. <laughs> uh, so your team, give yourself a grade here. I'll forgive the people that force injected other people before. I'll forgive that dude for the C plus grade. <laughs> okay, so uh, so. I give myself an A. I give yeah. myself an A. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to say A plus because um, I didn't get a, the only reason I'm not giving myself an A plus. I think I handled it just about perfectly. Yeah. I don't think I got that like if I did everything like this, you know, like just exactly how it needed to be. But I also got a couple crazy windfalls. Like I got like some guy fall way below ADP that I shocked. Then I would get. Then I would take the A plus. But I don't yeah. have any of those. So. Um, if you look at you know where I got AJ Brown Wilson, Metc- n- nobody's jumping. Do you think out anyone
0: like- in this draft list got got a, a windfall? Who was the just by you know looking at the board? Who who was the best value that
1: you like? I, ah. I mean, Team Five scares me a bit because he got Hill and Barkley. Barkley at the end of round you know middle second half of round two, so Hill and Barkley's a very good start. You know we mocked that, but that is really good. I don't like Drake London in round three. Maybe he knows something I don't. No, but no, then he he, gets, that's,
0: a, that's a comeback to earth. Like any value that he grabbed with Barkley, he uh, certainly a, dig uh, into I, it with uh with London. I, I, yeah, I don't Drake.
1: like that. He could have taken uh, – I would have taken Ridley there, but he, he got him anyway in round four. Um, or he could have taken Ramondre there. That would have been sick if he took Ramondre Even there. Etienne or, or Najee would have been yeah. happier. Yeah. Or Cooper, you know, there. Um, but anyway, that was the one negative. But then he gets Ridley in mid four, which is solid. Kirk in five. And then he gets Lawrence in six, which is late for him. And so you get this very good stack with um, Hill and Barkley, you know, outside the stack. And then he gets Kyle Pitts, and, you know, he yeah. gets a tight end. Um, and then he gets Ingram to complete the stack two rounds later. So uh, I, I really liked his uh, – I, I really like what he did. I, I, the London pick is a little head scratcher, but who knows? Maybe he knows something I don't.
0: Well, he was maybe stacking uh, Atlanta here too because he has Pitts in London.
1: But why would you stack a running back tight end? I mean, running back, wide receiver. No, uh, he has wide receiver. Uh, sorry, wide end. receiver, tight end. Like, why would you do that? Like, what I would...
0: mean, he he did it with because they're pass catchers. I mean, it's not Pitts isn't really a tight end. He's a pass catcher. Right. He's These not are
1: two receivers. Yeah, you got both Atlanta receivers. I guess. I guess there's maybe a hedging aspect where if like one got hurt, the other would get ridiculous amounts of targets. Maybe I guess, but I don't. I don't. I don't see the. the they're sort of competing with each other, right? So I don't really see that as. Uh,
0: but yeah, I, mean, I was, fair. you know,
1: I, anyway, I thought that was decent value. You know, you got pits like mid to late round seven. Uh, so I I, the, I didn't get anyone like that where you're like, how did you get this guy that round? Right. You like Miles Sanders in round, in round seven. 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 Yeah. I mean, it's it, it,
0: how many three. Usually when we get into this zone, there's guys that have like serious backups behind them or they're, you know, even like a Damian Pierce two rounds ahead. Devin Singletary is like a real running back that's behind him, even though it's not like he's not good. There's there's Chuba Hubbard is the guy behind Miles Sanders.
1: Yeah, that's true, and he got paid too. You know, he got he's paid, backs-
0: and the, there's like video emerging of them saying we want to get you back to your past catching roots. And he's good. He's not old. He's twenty six years old. It's, Low miles. Yeah, you know, despite the name, <laughs> very good. Yeah. No, very I good. mean
1: yeah, it's true, but but and then yeah, it's a good situation. Uh, we'll see. He he was kind of had durability issues before yeah, and he's running I mean, behind a much seven. worse offensive line but yeah i, I like it around seven i said i'm gonna it's a blame seslowski pick because i did not even thought about him yeah. till you <laughs> made the case for him but if i'm looking at those running backs he was the one i wanted most and um and and that you know after getting four receivers in the first five picks to have walker and sanders and i like aj dylan i think aj dylan's actually good and yeah. there's a chance that he's the guy like that aaron jones that that you know that it's over for Aaron
0: Jones. He took a step. AJ Dillon just took a step backwards last year. He didn't look as good to me. But we're, again, you were paying around four or five pick. Lit, and this year it's around eight. So yeah. all of that that problem is squeezed out of it. All right, a couple other lightning round stuff that I want to ask you about. I know we're going a, a little bit long. This is going to be a short one, right? You said yeah. it. Like-
1: <laughs> well, this one, you know, I don't care how long this one goes. It's
0: not like a- <laughs> No, I'm, I'm mocking your the beginning of the Chris List podcast. Yes, yes everything's right. going to be a short one. Then I look, it's 39 minutes. I was like, a short one means like 15 minutes, you know? So, right. Yeah, but anyway, now I guess it's just part of the intro at this point. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I, I it seems like I, I thought that I, this was going to be a chalk take that the runway's clear for 8 to 10 targets a game. It seems that people are down on the landing spot. I love it for DeAndre Hopkins.
1: I am sort of out on him. I, you're right. He could get, easily get 100 catches. He's just at that age where they drop off a cliff. He's trying to get into a new system. No offseason with them. He just signed. And... He's been banged up a bunch last, you know, couple yeah. years, and we had the uh,
0: suspension last year. But he, when he came back, he was fine.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just he's also the little, really little guys to me age well usually because they're it's easier to be in shape when you're five ten, one eighty five, than when you're like six one, two fifteen, two ten. You just got a little more. It's just harder. Take more hits. You're bigger target. He's never fast. He was still a he was a great football player. He's one of those guys that had great football skill. Um, I could, I could see him having another good year and I could see him falling off a cliff. So I I'm kind of out.
0: Yeah. I mean, fourth round seems very fair to me. Um, Eight targets a game gets him to around 150 something targets. You could argue the quality of those. It's Ryan Tannehill, but Ryan Tannehill is fighting for his career at this point. He's going to want to throw the football to someone that is reliable, and there's no one that's been more reliable. They always you always hear DeAndre Hopkins. They talk about him as the best hands, the best catcher of the football in the NFL.
1: Yeah, he runs routes. He knows he knows how to play. He knows how to you know set up the defense. He's he's a very he's very good at football. Um, yes. But. It just you know there's, I guess with all those guys that are on that age cusp, it's just a risk. There's like a probably a twenty five percent chance that that he's just done age wise. Like he's just I too mean, far Kenan past Allen the I
0: mean, Keenan Allen is the same age. Oh, I don't yeah. take
1: Keenan Allen, and I, all right. I haven't taken him for like half a decade. And I've, been per- I mean, it's not like Keenan <laughs> Allen ever won a a league. Like Keenan Allen's like it's like a really good pick. It's just not. It's not. He's never like pulled that Michael Thomas season or whatever. Like where where he's like oh that sort of short pass pa- catching guy who won you a whole league. He's always expensive. He always earns his value, right? Um, but
0: he—he's eight for eighty in, in the bank every week. He's sixteen fantasy points. He's fourteen, and then uh, if he scores a touchdown, he's twenty-two. I—I I, I, only time I've drafted Keenan Allen is when he's gotten hurt, and the only times I don't draft him is when he—he he finishes like wide receiver eight on the year.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, you know, you can't argue with the track record. I've been wrong to avoid him in the past, but every year you're you're more likely to be right. So that, I kind of put those guys in this similar bu- bucket. But, you, but Allen has familiarity with the quarterback and, and Hopkins is going to a new place. Yeah. But sometimes, I mean, I, I, that does, there is merit to that, but
0: Usually it's like the the guy who is not the alpha wide receiver that now becomes like the Corey Davis going from the main guy on Tennessee to the Jets. That's bad. But when it's a true alpha like uh, DeAndre Hopkins, sometimes sometimes it doesn't matter as much. You know they have that much more experience. But who knows? I listen. His ADP is fair. It's the end of the fourth round. It might seem. I mean, how far would he have to fall for you to be interested? The sixth round is that where?
1: Yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, fifth, sixth. I mean, I, it's one of those guys, and this is where ADP, I kind of use it as a crutch, and maybe this is bad. I just sort of like, if you were way below ADP, and I was, you know, as my, my pick was coming up, I'd be like, wow, Hopkins has really fallen. Maybe I'll take him here. It was like this year, I drafted Jacob DeGrom. I didn't really want to have Jacob DeGrom, but I think I got him in almost the mid-pick in like the fifth round of, of my or fourth or fifth round. He's going in the second round in some drafts. I was like, all right, I'll take DeGrom. Of course, he's out for the year, but it's just one of those things where you don't take them unless you get just an offer you can't refuse, I guess. Yeah.
0: What do you think about the Giants signing all these slot-wide receivers? They signed Cole Beasley today. I saw um, the oh. Fantasy Gazette put up a joke that they're signing uh, – what the hell was the one they uh, – I'll, I'll look it up. But they, Another small white receiver, basically. They, they posted it. Said, oh, it was uh, – here, let me – I have it right here. It was oh yeah they put up breaking news Adam Humphreys
1: just signed you know it was like <laughs> uh, someone's got to so, play wide receiver uh, And so and yeah I mean Beasley and now they have Beasley so the Patriots used to have that as one of their positions wide receiver you know who plays wide receiver
0: <laughs> so what do you, I mean where, where's uh, do, well, do you I like mean, what they're doing here I, I, yeah
1: you, you got to you know the thing about Beasley and this is he made the bonus of the one fifty you know he's got lower myocarditis risk than a lot of these guys so I like that about him <laughs> um, you know he's less likely to have a heart attack. Uh, no, he's totally washed up. He's like, yeah. he's like, he was, he was, he was okay at his prime at, at one thing at like quickly getting open in the slot. And now that he's lost a little bit of a step, like sign Jarvis know. Landry.
0: If you're going to do that, right? I mean, he's still out there.
1: Yeah. He's been banged up the last couple of years, but like, yeah, it's, it, it's like that. It's like Jarvis Landry or Jamison Crowder. One of those kind of older guys. He's
0: Ro- Crowder's on their roster. Jamison yeah. Crowder's on their, uh, the I didn't other. Know that.
1: Yeah. I mean, be, who knows if he's going to make it? so through. many receivers, you know, because they have. I mean, th- look at all the guys they have. And, but, you know, Waller's the receiver, is the receiver one. And then and whether it's Hodgins or whether it's, you know, one of these other guys, Wandale Robinson or Jalen Hyatt, like kind of, there's just so many guys. But I don't I don't think Beasley makes a team. You talked about
0: Ramondre Stevenson a little bit earlier. I- I'm glad that you passed on him in the third round. They're talking about the Dalvin cook is like minus 300 on the sports book to sign with the Patriots. Uh, Leonard Fournette went for a visit there. Daryl Henderson, you don't really care about him too much, but if Fournette or Dalvin sign there, what do you think that would do to Ramondre's ADP? Where would he go from the, he would certainly fall out of the third round. What do you think would be fair for him?
1: I mean, I think he still belongs in the third round. I I mean, cook is the only cook is the only one cook is really good. So let's say it's Okay. Let's say it's cook. Um, it, it, depending what money Cook got, right? Like what he had to settle for. But Let's he say got... it's uh
0: four four and a half million with the opportunity to make six.
1: Okay, that's not that much. Um I would say fourth round for Stevenson in that case, and he might fall to the sixth, in which case I'd be snapping that up. Remember, Damian Harris was there last year and uh Stevenson really earned that. But Cook has his own problems, you know. It came out that he um assaulted a woman and try to pay her, uh, not to, uh, to retract her testimony or not to, uh, testify. I don't, again, this is just a news article and I don't always trust news articles, but that was reported. Uh, and so I don't, you know, what, what is, does that impact the possibility of him signing? Does the Patriot, do the Patriots care? Um, is Belichick sort of like, we don't care. Robert Kraft cares, you know? Um, he uh, he might have to massage his ranking of uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he might have to release uh, 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 Dalvin Cook. Uh, so you know I I don't know how that impacts that, but that just came out the other day that that's a thing. Do you, you see that? I, I didn't
0: see that. I saw it about Joe Mixon. I didn't see it about Dalvin Cook. But I, Dalvin, I'll look I
1: think, I mean, uh, I'll double check because I don't want to slander the guy. So. All
0: right. Other uh, thing is that the Giants this week signed James Robinson. Is that just a leverage play against Saquon Barkley? Like, hey, we got to prepare just in case. Yeah. Uh, is James Robinson, I mean, the the other, the number two running back they have right now is Matt Burita. I, I wouldn't even feel comfortable starting him if if he had a clarified start. I would feel okay uh starting James Robinson, is he someone that did he even get drafted in your draft? Probably not no,
1: no um yeah he but he kind of washed out like nobody you know all these teams kept cutting him. the patriots cut him well, he and was only so,
0: one year from the Achilles now he's two years from an
1: achilles yeah, you're right um he's so only twenty four years old, yeah, I mean that was his achilles heel, you know the achilles <laughs> uh, so, uh, the uh i love I love when the when it's literal when the thing is literally the thing that they say that about. Um, my mom was like, at one point, she was like, I don't know if I could remember how to ride a bike. I'm just not sure. I'm like, it's like riding, it's a, like bike. riding a bike yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: here. Here. I looked it up while I was, uh, while you were talking, according to the document filed in Dakota County district court, free agent running back Dalvin cook offered his accuser in an abuse case, a million bucks to clear him of any wrongdoing. So the allegations against cook are, uh, abhorrent as it says here. Uh, but yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, there's something out there. If you want to go read it in the Star Tribune, there's a link. Uh, just Google that and you can and find out. So, yeah, I guess uh, maybe that's why teams haven't signed him yet until this gets cleared up.
1: Yeah, they probably knew about this before, you know, before we did. Um, so, yeah, I, I would love it if Ramondre falls to round six that I could get him there like I did last year. I would love that.
0: All right. That's all I got for you today, man. I think you did a great job on these. Uh, you know, uh, if you do, if you live stream the next one at a reasonable hour, I will join you. Uh, you, you were doing it at 11 p.m. Eastern well, it's cause time. That's because
1: I'm in L.A. So normally I'm in Portugal and I'm like trying to get you to do it in the morning because I'm <laughs> five hours behind you. Now I'm three hours ahead of you. I'm no, now I'm three hours behind you. I'm usually five hours ahead Ooh. of you. So it's, it's...
0: Do a 5 p.m. L.A. draft if you do it. Well, you're going back home anyway, all right?
1: But 5 p.m. is tough. You know, it's like in the middle of the day, I got stuff to do. You know, it's uh, <laughs> so it, it's really by the way, it's really hard being in L.A. with just one car between Heather and me. Right. It's like, you know, you're I'm stuck out here in the valley with one car.
0: What's one thing that, you know, I know you, you make the joke, but you, you've talked about in a couple uh, different media appearances that L- it's been surprisingly good. What's something a restaurant, a place it used to go to? What's something that brought back some positive memories this time when you're in L.A.?
1: Um, this just random Thai restaurant we went in the Valley called cow soy. It's like, you know, it's not even like fancy. It's just a regular Thai place. You used to go there a lot. No, I've never been there. Oh, okay. Uh, it's just cause you know, we're in a different part of town than I lived in. And it was like incredibly good Thai food. I mean, just like mind-blowingly good for like a regular Thai place. Just Lotus fresh. of Siam-ish? No, it enough. wasn't. It wasn't that like Lotus of Siam is more of a, a restaurant. You know, this was just a joint like Siam's like a professional, you know, big time operation, uh, but it was really good. It, the food was spicy. I mean, it was it was excellent, and it was called just cow soy s s o i. I wouldn't uh, go anywhere with s o y in it, um, <laughs> of course. No. And just want to clarify the real man sports podcast. And then uh, I don't know, just it's. You know, I mean, we have a good life out here, right? Like we have connections at this beach club, so we're at the beach club we have access to a house in Malibu, you know, on the beach. Uh we um do you think you'll ever move back to the states? Uh maybe. Yeah. I think there's I it's Portugal's so ass backward with bureaucracy that like you it, it's just very frustrating, but at the same time like th- it, things don't work here that we're like healthcare works there. It's like cheap, right. it it works. You get a doc, you know, if you pay 200 a month for your whole family, it, it's great. But here You know, like if you have a plumbing problem, it gets fixed that day. You know, so it's like there's things that it's more things work here than there, um, but it also costs like three times as much. And so the other thing about living in Portugal or another country where it's, you know, second world ish um, is like you just have more freedom. Right. So like if you make a certain amount of money and you don't have to spend that much to live, you just have freedom in your life that you just don't have if you're like spending it, like, it's so expensive here. Everything. If I had to live here, I'd be like, you know, panicking about, like, I gotta get, I gotta make some money right now. Um, and well, you know,
0: if you make, if you make $100,000, just using that number, I always say that you should live like you're making $60,000. I mean, obviously, when you have kids and other unforeseen expenses and you have to deal with it, but. You're right. It's like you can live as if you're in a different lifestyle when you're living in a place. I live in Jacksonville, Florida where the cost of living is well below where I used to live in New York City. You, know, you can live just a different lifestyle on a lot uh less income.
1: Yeah, it gives you freedom, right? Cuz right. now you're free. You're not as like worried about everything and and you can do things you want. Um and so um you can work in fantasy sports. <laughs> and and no, but it's true. And and so that that's just such a huge thing is that like you bring us out of
0: the uh, bring us out of the the draft thing here, so I can talk. Oh
1: yeah 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 yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Um, there you go. Yeah, so I mean I don't know. I'm just saying there's there's pluses and minuses. I could see myself moving back to the states. It wouldn't it wouldn't be L. A. Um, Where would it be? be? It wouldn't be New York. I don't know. That's the problem. I, I don't know. We've we've talked about you know Colorado and places like that. I, but, I knew you were gonna say that. I had yeah, a feeling. But, but even then, there's the, these towns. There's like charming towns, but they're like. So small, you would get so bored. We went to Denver. Denver's okay. Boulder, you can't live there. I mean, I shouldn't say that because uh, I know people Boulder who listen to this, but <laughs> it's too boring. I, I mean, it's all these outdoor, these uptight so you, outdoor people. It's like these super outdoorsy people who are sort of uptight at the same time. It's weird. So, would there be like a town,
0: like a, a city in Texas? Like it has to be an urban city with
1: maybe I I don't know. You know, Florida, Texas. I don't know. I I, I would consider those places. Florida's hot. Texas is hot. You know the summer like to get out probably you know and um i you know we i don't know i don't know i but i the states is still in my opinion like the best found axiomatically like the axioms for the us even though the government and this is my other podcast but is running roughshod over some of these axioms that make it like a great place um it still has the best sort of um bones you know in terms like the constitution uh in the world and it's still for that reason I still think it's the best country in the world, even though the people in power are doing their best to to make that not the case. Um, so I think maybe – I think there's like 50% chance.
0: I'm you asked that. about – you talked about the bureaucracy of Portugal. Uh, you know, you haven't given an update on your project to get all the house stuff done. Uh, just quickly – There is none. And-
1: there is none. There's no, there's no update. Like, I don't know. My, my architects, like, they're so used to the bureaucracy, and, and they're doing a good job as far as I can tell. So you but have like, this empty
0: piece of land that you bought in Portugal that you're trying to develop into a house. For those who are new to the podcast, yeah,
1: two and, two pieces, and 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 because one of them was taken forever, and then, but now they're both, and and like we talked to them in June before we left, like mid June, had a call with them. Everything's like okay, they're starting to get you know this. What's it's almost the end of July. I, I haven't heard from them. Not an email. Not like hey this happened or we'll get an email from the municipality that says, okay, this went through, it's green lighted, like nothing. And then August, nobody does shit. So you just lose a month, lose a summer, lose it. You know? And it's like pretty soon you're three, four years into it. You don't have even a, a brick laid. And then you're like, dude, I'm 52. Like if I'm a hundred and this thing's done, it doesn't do me <laughs> any good. You know, Sasha's already out of, you know, in college somewhere, it doesn't do me any good. So it's like, what the fuck are they even doing? Like it, it's, it's so backward. And, and it's like, it's not just like the money it's just these are these places are going to crumble to the ground these old beautiful structures mm. and someone's trying to fix it and put some you know money into it and they just don't want to say yes and there's no good reason the people get jobs they'll be building it fixing it the local merchants will get you know business from it and they just—it's like they are so strangled by their own rules, and I could—I could rant for like an hour on this. Like, it is so—it's <laughs> embarrassing. It's embarrassing. This is like one of the you know world conquering countries, you know, 500 years ago, and they're like kind of depressed because they were once a great power. Now this is Portugal was a country. great power. It was a great power. L- look it up. That. It was one of the the, the explorers that. explored the whole world, and now it's this piddly little country. And the reason is they all just it's just like it's all these rules everything's rule driven imagine like the guy you work with who like everything's got to be by the rules and and you have to do everything this way and and they're just always you know compliance 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 that's portugal it's just like they're strangling the country if i were a young person growing in portugal I, and I was ambitious, Bart I would get the fuck out and they do they leave. a lot of them do leave, actually.
0: yeah. it's funny you say that when I was uh, when I first moved down to Florida, I was selling apartments, right I just like wanted to do something in sales and they said, oh, you can't do this, this rule, that rule. I broke every rule, but I was selling places, right? You can't bring a, someone into a uh, to an apartment that has construction going on. They want to see it. I'm bringing them into the rule. But you're right. The person that that instituted all these rules and regulations, nothing ever got done. No apartments got sold until they went home and we were able to do to break the rules that needed to be broken.
1: Imagine a whole country that with these giant bureaucracies that that's like how they get paid. The only way they get paid is by doing these jobs and it's the best jobs that are the government jobs. And these people that are totally unaccountable you can't fire anybody for anything there. like you can never like go over their head or bribe somebody you know whatever here's a 100 bucks just fucking green light this shit. you know they there's there's just nothing to be done it's like a communist country and if you know somebody right if i knew like the boss of the boss of the boss and i was friends i could you know i'm a big developer i'm putting i could probably get something green lighted quickly but it's it's like communist russia or something i mean it's really um, it's a beautiful country. The regular people are very nice. The weather's great. It's on the ocean. It's just chill. Um, it's safe. Um, there's a lot of great things about it. Like healthcare is good. The food's okay. L.A. destroys it. I've gained yeah. five pounds in L.A. because the food's <laughs> so good. But um, but they are just so fucked up. And I and I'm just like, you know, I, I, my patients. I'm kind of like, well. We'll see how this goes, but like at some point, like out of spite, I'm just gonna leave. I'm just gonna be like, now the only reason we really can't leave yet is because Sasha's got school and friends and stuff, and you know we're not gonna. She... Although she would rather be in L. A. to be honest, she knows but... the difference. Like she knows the like. Oh, dude, her life here is a paradise. I mean, she doesn't even yeah. have to go to school. She sleeps in, goes to the beach club, goes to the beach, sees her cousins, plays basketball in basketball camp. Like she's just living in paradise here. Was you know in, in Lisbon. Set the alarm, go to school, you know. Yeah, but she
0: would have to go to school if she was here, and, and right, everybody. it would be
1: worse. But she doesn't, but it just she never dealt with that here, so she just associates this with like this vacation, yeah. It's like a vacation for her, so I, I think she would miss it a little. But you know, that the food here, LA is the best ethnic food, the best, and just like if you're gluten free and you need like you go to Whole Foods, it's like gluten-free beer, like these, like, you know, those, like vodka drink, you know, those, those things, it's like a hundred different things you could drink and stock your fridge with all the shit, good apple cider, like dry cider, you know, and you got all that booze and you're buying like beef jerky. You can't get like grass fed, grass finished beef jerky, like remember that beef jerky that I gave you in Vegas. It was good. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I just buy giant amounts of that. And then like just all the products here, you know, it's like, you, you can't, you can't get that shit in Porsche. All right, Last uh,
0: football question, then we'll, okay. we'll sign off. Is that, did you buy a survivor ticket for Circa? Did you get no, someone?
1: Fuck. I, I, you know, I emailed uh, Tony, my contact, who's a proxy. You got to <laughs> sign up with her in person, but you know, Tony, I was, of course I filmed
0: course. you in the legendary
1: video. Tony's one of the few people who have been in a real man sports video. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so she, uh, she's like, sorry, you gotta, you gotta sign up in person. And so, um, it's, and by the way,
0: she's not lying, which yeah, I know you didn't think she would, but it says, right. I read their rules the other day. Yeah, no, it no, says she's,
1: they're good. They yeah. That's a well run. Uh, yeah.
0: says so sign up, sign up in person and then you can work at remote. So, um, all right. So you're, are you, do you have plans to get a proxy? Don't you, isn't Ted bell out in Vegas? No, but
1: it, it's, he would have to split it with me. Like he, he can't sign up for me. Right. So uh, like he'd have to split it with me. And then you're like, well, you got a million dollars in line. You know who he likes one team. might, it's just, it, it is a bit of a headache. I mean, Dalton, and I pulled it off that year. But it is a very dicey kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that's um, why I don't like to do fantasy teams. I don't like to manage a team with someone. I've had people ask me all the time, "Hey, you want to do a team together?" I'm like, no. You know, I mean, I yeah. want. I like what you did with people doing the waiver water. running. I think, it, yeah, yeah. I think that could be a business. We were talking about monetization before. Before the the lights went on, maybe that's a business in itself. But you want to be on the other side of that. You want to be in the right, drafting I, business. Yeah,
1: I, I'm the guy. Yeah, I'm the GM. You know, you're <laughs> the manager, the you're part. the coach. You know, and, and yeah, this is the fun part. That's, but I I want to. But some people like it. You know, and and I think Dusty Wagner. I mean, I've got four guys. They're all doing well. But Dusty, everything's in the top half. Actually, one yeah. of them's you know at in, in, in seventh place out of twelve. But Dusty's in second. We're three points out of first. And I gave him a great hitting team and a very sketchy pitching team. And he is. Cobbled together and he's like starting to tank saves a bit because he's seeing that we can and you know it's amazing it's all the fun and none of the work and um, but some people like they're doing a bunch of leagues anyway they're already doing all the work for their other leagues and they're happy to do it and and i would never again never going back
0: all right if you listen to this podcast you probably already follow chris list on twitter but we want you to go to realmansports.com that is now the hub for Everything. If you go to realmansports.com. I know before he had like 17 URLs. You go to substack dot twitter dot this uh, now. It's just you go to realmansports.com, you'll get all the information. Whether he's posting on Noster or any of these other things, you'll find it there.
1: Realmansports.com, the hub for everything, Chris list. I wish that were true. Uh <laughs> it's true for the sports stuff. And most oh, people listening no. here for the sports stuff. It, it, I don't have the you know the chrisles substack stuff on the real Men's, but all the sports stuff but is But there should on real be a Man's link sports. to it there. I put, uh, I will put that on there. Right cuz realmansports.com
0: everyone can go there and then from there it's just like Max, right? Max is the old HBO company that's now owned by Discovery. You go to the Max tile on your on your that TV. Shit,
1: I can't even deal with that shit. But it's I'm like, is it Max? Is it HBO? No, Max no. But listen, HBO? they simplified yeah.
0: it now. So it's a Max tile, and when you click on that, you can click on Discovery or you can click on HBO. There's a second tile. So when you go to Real Man Sports, you'll have the the Chris, you'll have someone put it up there. The, the go to, to see chrislist.com or whatever. So everything should link to one spot.
1: Yeah, I have everything in several spots linking to one spot. It's very <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Real Man Look, people listening to this are mostly on the sports stuff. So all that will be there. And I got the URL to just get rid of all that sub stack. So this is good. Real Man Sports. And I even got it. They said, oh, you got to put WWW in. And I got rid of that. I no. had it forward. So now it's. Now it's clean. Now it works.
0: Well, it's funny. If if you had not gotten this done, I was going to suggest to you you can get the URL realman.sports. Like, you know, now you can have oh, right. anything yeah, yeah, yeah. but you want a .com still. It's
1: realman.nutlessmonkey. <laughs> I no, no, I just I, I bought the URL. You know, I realized I was doing realman sports and I didn't own the URL. I just bought it. It's too late. You guys should have bought it ahead of me and charged me, you know, a markup for it, but Right. It still right. existed, so.
0: So, so com is still Alive and well, too. It's
1: still alive. That's, that's a whole other discussion beyond the purview of this because... Uh, this
0: is more complicated than like... Well, uh, no. Because,
1: it's because I did my own site, right? Chrysalis.com. I'll just say it. And the dudes running my site, they're very nice and they're helpful. But it just doesn't like send out email news. It just doesn't do a lot of the right. shit I needed to do. So I started a substack. And so then I have the substack and the list, right? And so, so this is like a problem. I don't want to abandon the, the, the thing. Uh, and then the other problem is... What I could do, I could do the same thing I did with the sports. Anyway, this is not interesting for people. Uh, no, but, you'd uh, be surprised. People, okay. and listen. Well, they, well given... got, well, so Substack allows you to pay 50 bucks and then just whatever the Substack is, you can point it to your site that you own. So, But the thing is, then that like overrides everything. So I've got all this content on chrysalis.com that would just kind of get overridden by the Substack. But I could do that, and I might do that, actually, because until these guys get it together, I'm not going to undo it, I guess. So maybe I will do that.
0: All right, so be- if people are probably more confused now than they don't were. even worry.
1: Just look, you, you want sports, realmansports.com. That's it. All
0: right, and then what's going to be your podcast schedule? And you're moving forward. Are you going to continue to do once a week uh, with the Chris List stuff, where basically you talk about politics, geopolitics, nutrition, all that kind of stuff, and just kind of sprinkle in sports? I mean, do you have a schedule in mind for the uh, throughout the se- the from the rest of the summer and then into the football season?
1: Yeah, I mean, while traveling, I've, I've been surprising myself by getting these done. I actually have one in the hopper. I'm just not sure it's good enough to release. So I'm going to have to listen to it after this and, and decide. A short one? Uh, it's short. It's like an hour. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and solo talking an hour is a long time, by the yes, way. Yes, it is. Yes, and, it is. Uh, and I got so I, had, uh, I forgot what I was talking about. You won't know this from the edit. I forgot what I was talking about midway. I was like, what the hell am I saying? So I had to like end the recording, go back, <laughs> listen to it. Real, Oh, yeah, that's what I was saying. And then record another one and then splice them together. But, uh, yeah, uh, that I, I'm probably gonna do, I try to do once a week with the Chrysalis podcast and then these, um, whenever, you know, and let me ask you this, Alan, would you be interested in like pot, like 10, 15 minute podcasts, five, 10 minute podcasts four times a week? Like, would you rather get it that way? Or would you rather get these long form ones? Because I've thought about just like, I got one idea. I'll talk for 10 minutes. Boom. Send, you get it. But it's like a lot of you have to, you know. So here's the answer. So it, again,
0: it will depend on the creator. If you're talking about for chrysalis.com, right? Either, like, either one. Yeah. I,
1: just I, like I, I, I don't. Thought.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, why do I have to choose? Why can't one week there be a one-hour one because you're feeling inspired for an hour? And then the next week, I see three 15-minute, three 12-minute podcast pop-up. Why can't I have both? And then see what, see what works with your audience.
1: But you don't think like that'll mess with the expectations of them? Like you're going on a drive and you want an hour-long one. Oh, shit, there's these 15-minute ones. Or here.
0: I'm going on a drive on Friday. I didn't have a chance to listen. I got three 15-minute ones in a row. Right. Yeah, that's true. I stack that's them. True. Just like remember the old DVR days where you would stack your shows? Yeah,
1: I yeah, I remember that sort of. Yeah. Um, I just remember <laughs> deciding that, you know, the steak dinner, which I ordered like ridiculous at the steak dinner even though I had to pay like 500 bucks. A but I was 500 I, ouch. It was five something, but uh but you know, I got lobster and and I was it was sick. I got I got a, a steak and then I got a side of lobster and then I got the shrimp scampi appetizer and then I got the shrimp cocktail and then I got the wedge salad and I got fries and I got dessert <laughs> and we got a bunch of drinks and it was just it was and I was drunk, and it was hungry. I was like really hungry. And you oh, know when you're yeah. drunk and you're hungry, and then you're eating like perfectly cooked steak and lobster. I mean, it was just, it was such a so great meal. It was just perfect. It was the best meal I think I've had there in 20 years.
0: It's a mouthgasm. It absolutely is. Yeah, I know that feeling. You had some martinis and stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, Jeff bought the martinis. The generous guy that he was as an eater, and when I'm an eater, I don't buy shit. You don't even buy the martinis <laughs> for anybody. Fuck them. But uh, my point, though, of saying that was yeah, we were talking about the stacking. We got you oh, took a left. Oh, turn I there. had this idea. Yeah, about stacking uh, steaks. Like, cause you, you, you have to. Uh, you can't take food home because then it would get out of control. Right. But you could do this, and Alan, I'm just giving you an idea for if you're in one of these bets. You could order three steaks, like three New Yorks. Stack them. And put like you know whatever. I don't really eat steak sauce, but you could. And then eat them like pancakes. You know, with a fork <laughs> and knife, you cut them. You know, and you get like a triple stack. And you're, you got the, you know, you're cutting right because you could uh, take home your order. That's no, you, half. No, you, I mean you're really not supposed to take home. You have to fin I mean, you have to do it. But a real man finish, What? It's Three sixteen ounce steaks, forty eight. Oh, that's ounces. a lot of food. John Candy did it. You know, the so old ninety er Yeah. Not, and yeah. where's John Candy now? He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's a
0: good place to end it right there. All
1: right, that's good. All right, man. Thanks for doing it. Of course. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Uh